Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome everyone to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 98. Fredo Esparza here. Lots to talk about in Lucha Libre. A lot of news. The majority of it really revolving around the Rush versus LA Park feud. Not just in CMLL, but you know, with all the news that came about with um, you know, with everything that came up from Triple Mania and you know, LA Park appearing there in the at the Triple A press conference and then being revealed on a couple, uh, I think it's the just the AAA versus Elite lineup. So, and then him not appearing on the most recent on the on the upcoming CMLL lineup. Everybody, everything pretty much revolves around them. Be it CMLL, AAA, um, IWRG, the end of every other independent, the crash everywhere. I mean, these two guys right now, Lucha Libre is just revolving around them, and even like the other guys who are kind of in this, you know, the the news news buzz of the moment like king phoenix ray phoenix um penta Cero emmet even they realize that you know they're they're just at the moment you know while they're big names and they're getting big opportunities all over the all over the place in mexico they're pretty much you know revolving around the entire you know and not just them also dragon lee other guys and i think you kind of like when you hear other guys talk about this feud you kind of hear the excitement from their voices as they talk about it. I, I think there's been a couple of other guys that have brought, um, been interviewed in CML, and they're talking about this as well. Um, this has been really one of the hottest feuds, not just in Mexico, but in the world. And, you know, it's it's great that we're getting it in CMLL, not just on the independent scene, because in the indies, you know, best case scenario Mas Lucha records the show, the, the matches, and puts some complete on their YouTube channel. Maybe we get some cell phone clips from their, you know, videos from from the independent shows that they might be facing off against each other. Uh, we get some interviews and stuff like that. But, you know, all, there's also the worst case where we might not get all of this stuff. Well, fortunately, we're getting it in CMLL. And, you know, I for one am really, like, I really think the fact that there's some rules and and these two guys constantly bring up how CML kind of holds them from going all out. I think it just adds more to their uh, rivalry. Um, and we saw it on the on the June on the June twenty second Friday show 
were, you know, the conclusion of that. I think that's basically what we what we all were hoping for from this feud, where we were going to get something that ended. And, you know, you just knew this was something completely different from everything else. Yeah, but their feud, I, it's been going on for the last couple of months. Really, the last two years, uh, Rush brought up how they've been feuding for two years and how finally more and more people are getting to see it because they're doing it in CMLL. And he, even in, in his Informa interview, he brought up how, you know, we're being we're not we're being forced to abide to CML's rules. If you really want to see our 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 matches go all out, go watch our match in Naukalpan. They had a tag match there, uh, crazy match there. Also, I'll talk about it in a bit. But um, you know, so basically, you're getting all this stuff, and there, are, what's going on in other promotions, not just the the matches or maybe some highlights, but we're also getting their interviews, and you know, their interviews and their social media has been really great. I get. I think the last show I talked about that we did. Um, was before the June 8th show and that actually had the the trios match where it's Familia Real versus um, Ingo Bernables and then that followed up the following week they had Ray Phoenix you know teaming up with LA Park and Volador Jr. versus Rush as Terrible and Cibernético uh, the, the June 15th show and um, that match wasn't as good as the previous week but it was it had a really fun ending you know, actually, I thought it was actually not that bad, but a lot. I think the the way it was booked, it was there was a lot of like, you know, it's it's a it's an alley park rush match where, at some point, you're just gonna get some craziness, and it just doesn't come across like a like a match where you're. It's not something like it's not like an Omega Okada match or or something that's you know you could actually like, rate or say it's great or it's you know across the board people are gonna say it's great or amazing or five stars, seven stars, whatever you want to come up with as as your how you want to define a great match. But it was so crazy and it had the the really cool uh, ending where um, LA Park got caught using nunchucks <laughs> that were thrown in and were used in originally were going to be used by um, Rush, but LA Park was able to stop him and and the ref actually caught him doing his um, nunchucks, nunchucks the, the little movement that he was doing. Um, I thought that was really cool. Then that followed, then... Um, Right after that, it, I think that same, it was the Father's Day show, uh, Rush and Mystico teamed up to face Sanson and Cuatrero in Arena, Mexico. And I think later in the night, they had a, they had a match, Rush and Dragon Lee teamed up in, uh, um, for IW, on an IWRG show in Naucalpan versus LA Park and Hijo LA Park. This is the match that Rush said that everyone should watch, brought it up on Informa. Um, I watched it, um, and it was really, I thought this was really good. Hijo de, de LA Park looked, and actually Hijo de LA Park, the the last couple of weeks that he's been on, on not just in CMLL, but also in this, involved in this feud, the, this tag match, um, he's looked a lot better. Uh, I think the thing that makes him, maybe, it, maybe this is what's going to help him, that he doesn't look like the CMLL guys because he's a skinny looking dude in a skeleton outfit. Um, he kind of reminds me of like the like I don't know how many of you guys remember um, the before PWG there was Revolution Pro, and they used to they used to have all the guys like Super Dragon, Excalibur, and all those guys, and they were really like a lot of those guys were really skinny, and they wore full body suits, so it kind of looked like they were, um, you know, they they kind of didn't didn't look like wrestlers. They looked just like more like kids, you know, out there having fun, trying to do crazy dives and stuff like that. And that's kind of what Ihoale Park kind of reminds me of, because he's he's so um so skinny. 
Um, but he's actually kind of looked a lot better in matches. Um, I do think he kind of comes across a little more like an indie wrestler, which I think it's fine because you want him to be different from what the CML guys are supposed to look like. The CML guys look a little more like that he's been in with. I'm not saying all the CML guys because, you know, a lot of the CML guys, there's a lot of guys who just, you know, you know, when you talk about when they start talking about the CML promotion, how there's a lot of great talent, you know, there's a lot of great talent. There's a lot of guys that I'm sure if you're going to build a promotion and, and say these guys are are the example of what a luchador is they fit that description you know they got great physiques they stay in shape and do all that stuff they can they could work do um high flying technical wrestling mat wrestling stuff like um they could brawl and stuff like that but then you have another half of the of the cml roster that doesn't even look like they belong in cmll you know i'm talking about like bestia that ring and guys like that that you know kind of just look like they are there they're within five minutes they're pretty much blown up but with Ihu Alley Park, he looks so different. And in this match, I thought he was he was able to, he took the he was the one that kind of looked like he took the beating the most from Dragon Lee. And uh, you look at Dragon Lee, like I said, he looks like he's he's in great shape. And uh, he actually got to work a little bit with Alley Park. Whereas Ihu Alley Park, I didn't really see him do as much with Rush. But in this match, they really did a great job of um, just a great brawl. They brawled all over the place. Blood all uh, <laughs> uh, Rush and Alley Park bled. Uh, masks were ripped. Really good match. Highly recommend you guys watch it. The The referee for this match was like huge. I mean, he had to be like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, which is huge for us Mexicans. He dwarfed Ali Park and Rush. Uh, at one point, he got... Uh, they uh, Rush was... Ali Park was going for a pin on, on Rush. And Dragon Lee pulled the ref's leg out to pull him out of the ring. And uh, he could barely pull him out. And when the ref stood in front of uh, Dragon Lee and he was reprimanding him, he looked like, it kind of reminds you, like if you ever, if you watch WCW, it was like when Kevin Nash and Rey Mysterio were facing off. But actually it might've been more like Kevin Nash of today, like yelling at a, at a luchador right now, a younger guy. It kind of looked like that. The guy looked like Kevin Nash because he was all, like he looked like he was, I, I'm guessing he must have, I don't know. I'm guessing he was a former wrestler or, or a current wrestler or something because he was huge. And then um, this is that's the guy that they should probably bring in, like CML should bring in just to be like a like just a different type of ref because he's so like like for th- these guys or for some like big feud or whatever because he's not somebody that looks like he's going to be intimidated. Um, but then like at the very end, they did this really cool spot where uh, Rush had Ali Park in the corner and he was going to do, you know, the when he charges towards the other corner to like, come back and do the 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 drop kick of death into the corner or now now he he won't do the drop kick he'll actually do the he'll do like a little like you know like a like he'll mock him like he'll like kick like slap like kick him or slap him or do something instead while he did that he bumps into the ref and the ref takes a bump to the ground and it looks so funny because rush just looked like yeah you know i dropped them but but it kind of looked a little funny it looked very it looked actually uh it was a different way of getting rid of the ref, which I thought worked. Um, but, you know, overall, I thought the match was really good. And you're going to get that sort of thing. I mean, you can't expect these guys to have, like, a clean finish all the time because they're going to work constantly. I, I, I give them credit for at least giving you, like, this crazy match where you're just having, like, all the fans are running all over the place, like, because they don't want to get hit by chairs or or they just don't want to be near the, the these two guys, these, all four of these guys just brawling all over the place. Really fun match, totally different to what we what what was was 
was happening in Arena, Mexico earlier with Rush teaming up with Mystico versus Sansón and Cuatrero. I'll talk about that later. Uh, but but um, after that match with um, from Naucalpan, they come back and they have the big singles match on June 22nd, LA Park versus Rush, and it ends in a draw because LA Park knocks out Rush when he when uh, Rush brought a picture frame to the ring. I think it was I think it was him or Comandante. One of the I think yeah I think it was him that brought it because I don't think he had a second for that match because I know Bestia ran in later on. So he gets he grabs the picture frame and he's gonna use it. Only Ali Park ends up taking it away and he uses it, knocks him out. And this was a great job of Rush selling for this. It was amazing because Ali Park kept on attacking him. Overall, this was just an amazing match from start to finish. I should just start from the very beginning. They brawled in the crowd. They threw like you know crates, so you know the the snack the snack box the snack containers and with a popcorn and all that stuff. They threw bottles. They did everything they could that they possibly could get away with in on a in a CML on a CMLL show. But that finish where uh, he hits him with a picture frame, he gets knocked out. Uh, the glass is all over the place. We see Rush's um, shoulder back region the back region shoulder region is bleeding and he's not moving and Ali Park continues to attack him the ref keeps trying to like stop him this is the second ref too by the way like he they knocked out the ref the ref the first ref got knocked out in the first um, fall so they brought in um, Ed Noriega the the Uero Noriega who's the the younger CML ref he came out so then he's trying to stop these guys from 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 you know, he's trying to stop Ali Park from continuing to just destroy um, Rush. So then um, he finally drags Rush out of the ring. That doesn't stop Ali Park from from beating him, from from continuing his attack. He gra- They bring out a stretcher to stretcher um, uh, uh, Rush out of the ring, out of the out of the out of the scene actually. The the out out of the, the you know the the ringside area. So he grabs the the, the stretcher and continues to beat him up. The referee doesn't know what to do, so he runs back in. And counts out both guys, ends the match in a draw. All the CML security runs runs out is, is out there trying to stop Ali Park. So you have this really awesome scene where Ali Park is standing and you have like 15, 10 to 15 security guards, the 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 boxy lucha commissioner, the referee, everybody just trying to keep him away from Rush. They help Rush out of the ring. So you're you're basically you have this amazing scene where where Rush is being helped by a multi, like a couple of like I think a couple of security guards are just helping him back to the back. I think one of them carried him out, and then he like he he lowered Rush back so he didn't have to carry him all the way. So as as they're taking Rush away, LA Park cuts a promo telling Rush that he wants the mass match and and tells him to stop being a coward and and you know he's just putting him down. He apologizes to CML for like what happened and all this stuff, but he wants the match. And uh, just a crazy scene, crazy finish. I, I I think everybody was in shock with the way that match ended. Probably one of the I think it was probably one of the better shows, CML shows of the year. I probably not in terms of match quality because, and even that you could even make the argument because there was a, a really good match earlier on the card that I'll talk about, and there was actually the I think the semi main event was also really good. So. This might have been one of their better shows. I might, if you want to make the argument that was the best show of the year, I would probably not argue with you. Um, I think it kind of tells you what we. If this ends up being the main event for the anniversary, I think we're in for one of the better shows 
not just of this year, but it might be one of the big, better shows going back to the like the the Ultimo Guerrero um, Atlantis mass match, all that series of matches that they had, and probably going even further to the Viano three versus Atlantis mass match. It might be one of those, um, you know, it might be one of those bigger shows that we we're gonna get in CMLL. I would not be surprised if a lot of the people decide to like fly out there as soon as that match, as soon as that match gets announced, and they didn't announce it yet. But once they announce it, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of people like going and purchasing tickets for that match because it's going to be in a scene, and it's going to be something that I think a lot of people are hoping will happen. There's a lot of obstacles that this this has to go through before we get to it, because first of all, we have to see if these two guys. If CML actually does do the contract signing between these two guys, and then there's also the Triple Mania mass match with um, LA Park, uh, Psycho Clown, Pentacero M, Pentagon Junior, whatever they want to call him in AAA, or you know, and Hijo del Fantasma is going to be in that. Um, the so it's basically Psycho Clown, Hijo del Fantasma, Pentagon Junior, and LA Park in that Poker the Asses Triple Mania match. That still has to happen, and you know, you never know. Maybe LA Park drops his mask there changes the dynamic of the anniversary i don't know if cml would do a hair versus hair match between those two i mean would it actually kill the buzz for this feud i don't know i personally hope he doesn't drop his mask at triple mania and if he does it's just because that adds to the to the anniversary show i mean i don't even think he i mean if, if it's even possible for him to like keep the mask beyond i think that would be perfectly fine um but you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a if it's if this match from June twenty second is any any indication of how crazy it's gonna be, that match is gonna be amazing and it's probably I think it's pretty much gonna seal. Um, Rush was like seventh, sixth or seventh place in the Observer uh, Wrestler of the Year award I think um, last year, and a lot of us were talking about how he did very little beyond that one match he had with LA Park that made um made its way online. I think it was the Barakal Entertainment Show. And, you know, beyond that, he did nothing. They did, he did next to nothing in CMLL. I mean, you could go, you could go back and it, it wasn't until like December when they finally like started doing stuff with um, with Rush. Uh, but this year, if, if, if that match happens, it, you know, you could make an argument for Rush or LA Park for Wrestler of the Year and um, not just in Mexico. I think in, I think, I think, uh, I think it's, there's going to be a big um, debate whether or not like a, there's going to be that contingent of New Japan fans that that votes that for uh, awards, or not just in the Observer but everywhere, where they're going to like have to decide if um, if they're willing to like concede that this feud has been amazing for for the most part. So Rush does the Informa show and basically accepts the mass versus hair match as the train passes by, as you guys can probably hear. And you know he did a great job of like just like. It's funny because as after that match ended, Alec Park just spent all that time retweeting everybody talking about what a major beatdown he gave um, Rush. And that beatdown, I mean, if you have not watched the Alec Park versus LaParca match from a couple of years ago, you have to watch that match because this that was kind of what happened on that CML Friday show was kind of like a condensed, like like a, a version of what that match was in terms of long form because because and also because rush could actually give a little more to la park as opposed to what la parka could do with la park 
but basically that kind of was like I, I kind of viewed that as a similar beatdown um, as far as like the energy for this match it kind of reminded me like I know uh, Meltzer was saying like it kind of felt like a 70s 1970s match and I would probably agree like a, a rivalry of that era um, I don't know how many of you guys remember watching like uh, if you guys watch Mid-South Wrestling uh, but there a UWF uh, but there was like a, when, when Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy would have matches the crowd would react in a similar fashion to what Ali Park, what the crowd reacted to when um, Ali Park and Rush, like, you know, that match, because it kind of had the same feeling. I'm trying to think if there's been other matches that have had that similar feeling where it isn't like a, you're not expecting, it, the feeling that, 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 that you get isn't that it's going to be like this amazing match of the year candidate, but more of like a, oh, this match is going to be like, you know, just like wild it's going to be like really intense. There's going to be a, a crazy brawl. And I kind of think that's what it was. And it's going to be great also because, you know, both of the guys can, can, can not, not only are they like terrific, terrific brawlers, but they could actually wrestle. They're actually, they're actually like doing stuff in the match where it's not just like, oh, let's just, you know, throw crap at each other for like, like 30 minutes. It's not like a death match or anything. Also, I think that's also what helps that it's like, that's what, you know, that's what hardcore wrestling was in the 80s. This is what these guys are doing. This is hardcore wrestling from like the, the 70s and 80s and not what you see now where like, you know, it's lucha extrema with, you know, tables, ladders, um, you know, chairs. And uh, it's just grab whatever you could find in the arena. Um, not look underneath the, the ring to find it. Like, like wow there's like 40 tables underneath the ring no this is like hey i'm gonna grab that one chair that's you know this that fan was sitting on and just use it on this guy you know that's what it this is more kind of felt like um so you know after that so la park is retweeting all these comments from fans and they're all making fun of um rush being knocked out there's actually a meme where uh, it's it's a Simpsons meme where uh, where they're dragging away this I think it's probably Homer Simpson or, or I don't know it might have been um it might have been um Krusty the Clown or something I don't know who it was but there was somebody laying on the like that was dead on the street and they're like keeping the guy away and they're like and, and so it's basically they put a, a pic, the picture of Rush on the guy's uh, on the guy's body and then now they park on the on the guy who's being dragged away. And, and the meme basically says, uh, um, you know, leave him alone. He's dead. <laughs> so so it's like, uh, and it wasn't that just that. It just kept on going and on and on. So for about, I would guess, uh, several hours up until late Saturday, the following day of that match, Rush tweets out, you know, sure, all you fans laugh all you want. Enjoy the your moment, but I'm going to come back. And I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna destroy that dog. Because I'm gonna give him double what he gave me. And he said that again, an informant. And I thought that was pretty, pretty great. I mean, if there's probably, I don't think there's two guys, who come across as being like. I don't know what it is because also Dragon Lee has a little bit about of that. But whatever the um, Dragon Lee and Rush have it, you know, they have that thing where you know they can make it look like it's you know hate does exist you know dragon lee does it with um hirumu taka uh with hirumu and um they both kind of bring that level of um you know there's a there's you could totally buy that whole thing where they hate each other they don't they probably get along fine but you know you get you buy it same thing with russian alley park so i i think that i thought that was really cool 
Um, the entire thing is just amazing. Will this happen at the anniversary? And like I said, Dorian Roldan, uh, he kind of, they they asked him about it. He's like, hey, how how about that um, that anniversary, uh, Rush versus LA Park? You think LA Park's going to make it there with his mask? And he kind of made the comment where I find it impossible that he'll be, that that match is going to happen in at the anniversary. Um, I think it was just kind of like him being the promoter of that big, of the, the big show leading prior to that show. You know, he can't say anything because he's kind of like, he's got to promote Triple Mania. He can't, he can't say like, oh, um, I'm, a, I'm looking forward to that match because it's going to be Ali Park versus Rush in a mask versus hair match. Um, he's not going to say that because he has to add a little bit of that, like that possibility that Ali Park might drop his mask at Triple Mania. That has to exist for that match to actually get a lot of people interested in their um, on that in that show. Um, will Alec Park drop it in Triple Mania? Hey, we don't know. Could happen. Maybe doesn't happen. No one knows, other than you know, Alec Park at this moment. And you know, and 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 I don't even think Alec Park knows right now what he's gonna do. Alec Park wasn't booked. Isn't booked on the upcoming um, CML show. Immediately, a lot of people thought he was fired from CMLL because of that. Um, it didn't help that that Ali Park, like a week earlier, had mentioned that he had been fired from CMLL nine times. I was trying to figure out if that is, was even possible, and it probably was because uh, Ali Park was in CMLL in or in EMLL back in the early '90s, and you know maybe he was fired back then. We don't know. What I mean, he left to go to join um, Antonio Pena in AAA because he was in. He wasn't. He wasn't EML, EMLL as Principe Island. So, um, you know. But you know, I think he was more referring to the whole um, him coming back. What was it like in two thousand three, two thousand four, and then came back a couple of years later. Uh, actually, I think he came back in. I think he was in the right after the Mystico, or right around the time the Mystico era started. So he was there, and then he. He's, he came back when um, Dr. Wagner Jr., they did that match where it was like, you know, that was another heated, uh, when they did the, what was it, La Sombra was involved in that. Atlantis, I think, was in the, involved in that, where they were building up the um, Atlantis Sombra mask match. What else? Then he was going to come back that following year, so he's probably been fired a couple of times. Uh, oh, the time, the year he cursed. Um, I think that was also the same time period. You know, there's, there's going to be like a... a gonna have to do a time we're gonna have to do a timeline on the the history of alley park and cml out because it's possible he's been fired nine times so he doesn't get booked on a show in cml and triple uh, a announced him for the triple a versus elite show and immediately everybody thought oh maybe um la park was fired or suspended um turned you know and even if he was sus- if he w- was suspended it would have been a great way to build up that mask versus hair match because you can't do the same match you can't have these guys go do this every single week because the crowd is going to start you know actually it hasn't you know and it's for their to their credit they found a way to like keep it going because they've done those trios matches they did the singles match they were able to add a, a lot of people it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd will be like the attendance will be like for the next show because um this friday show is going to be um the the clan chaos of cybernetico charlie rockstar and zorro ver- make um versus um i think it's volador jr Caristico and Mystico, I think, in the the main event. And 
I don't know if that's going to be enough to draw them. Although the underneath match is going to be um, King Phoenix versus Carbonario. So that might actually have enough interest. It's going to be interesting to see if all these other independent guys, if there's enough in interest from the fans seeing something completely different to what the, 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 the usual CML cards have been, will attract fans to attend these shows. I don't know because... What triple what CML was getting was a lot of the tourists were going when for those non independent guys on the shows, so maybe these are the shows that are actually like maybe bringing in the independents are actually drawing in the 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 fans who weren't going prior to that. You know, we'll see this Friday what happens. Um, I hope it does work out because I think I think that's something CML needed. I wish they would do something about these other shows. I mean, they I mean Sundays, Saturdays. Saturdays, I mean, I think they're fine with Saturdays, but I mean, the Sundays and, and Tuesday shows, they got to do something about that. But, you know, I mean, I guess getting the Friday show is enough for us. But um, it'll be interesting to see if this um, LA Park rush, you know, the cool cooling down period, if there's enough interest in the other guys coming in. And there's going to be other guys coming in. I'm sure there's going to be more coming in as the, during the upcoming weeks because they're not just going to have, you know, King Phoenix and... And, and Cibernetico and Zoro and Charlie Rockstar be the only guys. I'm pretty sure there's going to be other guys coming in. I would not be surprised if Ben Tancero is announced at some point. I would not be surprised if Daga comes in at some point also. I don't know who else there is available. I would not be shocked if Alberto El Patron comes in also. Um, as crazy as it would have sounded at one point. I don't think it's as crazy as it, it, it would be now. I wouldn't be shocked if Macias comes in also. Um, they uh, There's an indie, indie promotion that's announcing the first time ever matchup between Macias and Ultimo Guerrero uh, in La Morelos, July 14th. I think I think this is something that CML probably realized, and it might have not been CML, the main people like in charge, but a lot of their talent that's been wanting these matches... The reality is, like, I've never understood CML's thinking. Like, if you look at the independent shows, they would come up with these really great matchups using CML talent. You know, you would get Volador Jr. versus Flamita, Volador Jr. versus Phoenix. You get, like, Ultimo Girl teaming up with somebody else versus a couple of independent guys. Uh, Negro Casas versus, you know, Aramis or Nero Casas versus so-and-so uh, versus Flamita, you know, all these different matchups, Dragon Lee versus somebody else. And they were going on, happening on independent shows. And, you know, I never understood why CML, the, the people in charge, didn't do it. And if you talk to CML guys, if you watch the Informa show, these guys would constantly bring up how they wanted this to be in CML because they were tired of the same matches Trust me, it wasn't just Rush who thought it up. It wasn't just Dragon Lee. Volador Jr., I mean, Volador Jr., when I told him that I, I thought the hit... <laughs> and I love the Sky Team versus Guerrero Laguneros matches. I love those matches. They're always really great for the most part. But there was a period in time when I talked to Volador Jr. where they were doing that almost weekly. And I told him that I wish they would do something different. He said it on Informa where he actually, and him and Nero Casas, if you've heard them on Informa, they, they would bring up how, you know, why not have Virus wrestle us? Or like, you know, Nero Casas was talking about, I wouldn't mind wrestling Stukita or Pequeño Nitro or Pequeño Mercurio. Um, he was talking about all those guys because he just, like, they get tired of, watch, of wrestling the same guys over and over again. Um, so, you know, and the, and it's always trios matches too. So I think now the fact that they're giving these guys every once in a while... All everybody like 
I know when the match for Lampa goes, I think a lot of fans, like, they want to see two out of three fall singles matches. But a lot of the CML guys actually really like the match for Lampa goes just because they're singles matches and they're so much different. And I think also a lot of the younger guys, they view the match for Lampa go matches kind of similar to what the TV type of matches are, like in WWE, um, Impact, whatever they're watching that they've watched on television. Match for Lampago matches are very similar to what they do on those shows because, you know, you can't really have a long, for the most part on television, you don't really have a lot of long matches. You have a lot of short matches. So I think they kind of like the idea of having those type of matches. So, you know, you're getting that also. I mean, Dragon Lee versus Caristico was amazing. I think it's going to be interesting if we're, if it's not just LA Park versus Rush, but if all these under independent guys come in and can have these really, like, if they add to, to the um to these shows i think this is something that's just going to continue on for cml and i think it's great and then you can come back to la park versus roosh because that's really what everybody wants for the anniversary i don't think they're going to i'm pretty sure that's going to be what's going to happen they haven't confirmed it It hasn't been official you had rush say that um, he wants it la park says he wants it they basically made it it's up to you cml if you want it so then they had Julio Cesar Rivera say that CML is open to that mask versus hair match, but they know LA Park has obligations elsewhere, elsewhere being AAA. Um, so I think it's up to LA Park if he wants that match. If LA Park drops, I, I don't know, maybe that's kind of like their way of saying like, if LA Park drops his mask at Triple Mania, then we're not going to do that match. Who knows? Um, but like I said, it's really interesting to watch CML right now, just, especially the Friday shows. Uh, just because they're so like you just don't know what's going to happen next who's going to be um, booked on the next show like what big names what what big indie name is going to be brought in and you know it's good that they're bringing in the indie guys and they're not just like putting them like low on the card it's they're actually putting them like main event or semi-main event spot it kind of sucks for the some of the cml regulars that you kind of wish would move up but you know like i think a lot, the reality for a lot of the cml undercard guys are is if you're not happy with where your place is in CMLL, you really have to go like seek your opportunities elsewhere and make yourself a star, like in the eyes of like, like in the U.S. or as an independent. Then maybe that kind of like makes you a bigger attraction to the to the CML programming department. Because really, I think that's like that's the only way you're gonna like get a little more interest, more CMLL. Ray Phoenix. Um, not just his name change um, in CML. They're going to call him King Phoenix, and they're spelling it, you know, the King Phoenix. You know, King. Obviously, that he's been called the King in in, in elsewhere, in um, in, like in the Crash and the other play, uh, and on the Independence in in Mexico. But the Phoenix is spelled, you know, like the city, or like the however the way we spell it in English. Um, so, the city in Arizona, um, which you know, you know. I think a lot of people were like, kind of like, you know, I don't know how you, most people take it, but you know, for the most part, I don't care. You know, we know who he is. He's good. He, he's great. Uh, so, you know, there, he, he, he kind of like, he had a, he had a couple of trios matches that were really good. Uh, teaming up with Caristico and Mystico. He beat um, Nero Casas, Barbara Carvernario and Ultimo Girl on um, June 8th. Followed that up um, with the, the trios match I mentioned with uh, where he was put into the, the Roosh, um, L.A. Park trio's uh, craziness. He actually was the one facing Cibernetico. And to Cibernetico's credit, he took a lot of um, 
um, King Phoenix, uh, King Phoenix's, uh, you know, his 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 spots like him doing the the foot stop to the bl- to the back and stuff like that. So I think I you know and you know Cibernetico, he's a guy like in AAA he never looked he like I don't think he gave the level of effort he gives in in CML like that he gives in CMLL. He's not the greatest wrestler in the world. He's never gonna be like he's not like if you ranked guys as far as a, a skill level he's not going to be ranked at that anywhere near that but he's a guy who actually like in CML at least he tries so he doesn't look as bad I think he kind of looks a little slightly better than um Bestia the Ring <laughs> not that much better but at least he tries it's like I think that's the difference I think Bestia the Ring he just there's just certain things he's not going to be able to do um so they had that match then he followed that up where he um teamed with Volador Jr. and Hijo Ali Park um this past Friday June 22nd against against the Peste Negra they won the match and um, after the match because Carvernario pulled um, King Phoenix's mask off after the match they set up a, a singles match between those two so this is going to be King Phoenix's first singles match in CMLL and it is going to be I mean I think it's going to be a, a I think it's going to be really good I hope it's the first of many because uh, there's a lot of guys in CML that I really want him to wrestle. I I mean, you know, unfortunately we're probably not going to see all of those matchups, but I think we I definitely want to see him face Nero Casas, Volador Jr., um, Dragon Lee, uh, who else? Caristico, um, you name it, Echicero, Templario, you know, line them all up. Sobrano Jr., all of those guys. Um, I want to see him wrestle all those guys. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a, a really fun match. Ray Phoenix is everywhere. I swear, like he was on a, on the most recent Lucha episode of Lucha Underground. He's gonna be in back in AAA, um, July twenty seventh. I think they're working. He's working the EMW show in Tijuana, uh, which is the EMW show is basically the the AAA. Uh, they they work with AAA, and I'm not sure if it's gonna be a TV taping, but sometimes it is a TV taping, some or a Twitch taping or whatever you want to call it. Um, it's it could be that it could be um, something completely different, but that's something that that you you're 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 going to see him everywhere. He's on MLW's show also. He's uh, imp- I think he's still on Impact. You know, he's everywhere. I mean, he's he's it's 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 a fun time to like to to be a Lucha Libre fan because you see all these guys all over the place. The other story that happened uh, as as King Phoenix was making his um, CMLL debut. In in Los Angeles, Dragon Lee was on a show, and on that show, Penta and Cero Emma was also there, and they bumped into each other. They did this really cool video where Penta and Cero Emma just bumped into uh, bumped into Dragon Lee in the in the locker room, and started yelling at him and telling him to to, to tell him tell his brother that he's coming for him. Um, I'm guessing that's going to be something that we might actually see as well. Penta, if, when Penta Serum eventually comes in, I'm guessing he's probably going to get a an opportunity to work um, work against the 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 Ingobernables or the Familia the Dinastia Munoz. So that's something to look forward to as well in CMLL. Uh, but like the following week, when Dragon Lee was here and he actually uh, was in um, Arena Mexico, he wrestled um, Caristico, and after the show, he they did another video where he um, he kind of ran into uh, uh, Ray Phoenix. Um, only he was a little nicer to um, to Ray Phoenix, and but he told him as he was leaving, he's like, "Hey, tell your brother 
to um you know he gave him a little bit um you know tell him to you know you know f off and so uh that's 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 gonna be something to look forward to i i'm really ex- i'm i mean this is a good time to be um watching the same on friday shows i'll tell you that um it's it's like it's it, we still get a couple of, on occasion we'll get a, a really crappy opener or the women on the show and even some of the women's matches you know i can tolerate every once in a while but you know it's it's gotten a lot better it's gotten a these guys coming in has got made seem the friday show so much better um dragon lee versus caristico from the i think it was the june 15th show R- really good match caristico beat dragon lee uh and after the match dragon lee announced that he was declaring war on caristico um I'm surprised CML didn't just team them up immediately. Like they didn't book them together as a team. I think they might have. You know, it's CML. You never know when they're going to book these guys together. And I think they're actually booked for a show together in Guadalajara. But um, Dragon Lee had said he didn't care if if they teamed them up or they wanted to like make them friends. He's not going to be like Mystico and and be okay with Caristico. He wants he's he wants all out war with him. Caristico said he was fine with the feud a war with the the Munoz family. Um, that's a match that they should probably do. Um, I know Caristico is also being um, Penta Cero M is also ch- chasing um, Caristico, but how about a uh, uh, Dinastia Minos? You know, Rush, Dragon Lee, Mystico versus um, Caristico, Penta Cero M and and Ray Phoenix. I think that would be great. Um, so that's what Dragon Lee's basically up to right now. He's also going to be on the the July seventh G one special. For um, New Japan in San Francisco, he's gonna get a shot at um, Hiromu Takahashi for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Title. That should be a really good match, a great match. I mean, if it's as in, as crazy as the previous matches that they've had, that's gonna be amazing. You know, everything that's going on. I mean, Dragon Lee's gonna be on a. a I think he's on a the King of Indies show also. I think this that ha- that's happening around that same week, all that same time period. I mean. There's so much. I mean, every every single like day, there's some like announcement of for lucha involving a luchador that really like like really is exciting. I think there's a there's a there's a four way match that Dragon Lee's gonna be on. I think it's with Bandito, Loretto Kid, and man, I'm trying to remember who else is in that match. But there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, that happened. That was announced recently. I I, I mean, just a lot of stuff. Um, like I said, Penta threatened to go to go after Caristico at his home, and that means you know Caristico, Caristico's home is um Arena Mexico. You know who knows? I'm guessing that's probably the next match that happens. You know all these independent guys make make it all the more interesting. Just the possibilities of what could happen at the anniversary show. Are some of these guys going to get spots on the anniversary show? I mean, you know, in the past we've had like the New Japan. Like have one guy on the show, or that they would have like a you know like a foreigner on the show. Maybe these guys are gonna fill out the, those spots as instead of like them going after somebody like that. Who knows? I mean, it just adds like so many possibilities for the the anniversary show. It's the other news from that um, this past Friday's uh, show. The actually it was probably two weeks prior. Um, the I think it was the June fifteenth show where the Panther showed up and is now known as Black Panther. The June 22nd show had Blue Panther, Blue Panther Jr. and Black Panther teaming up against 
Dragon Rojo, Polvora, and Echicero. If you have not watched this match, this match is great. Echicero was amazing in the match. You know, and I've, I, I constantly bring this up, and I wish CML would at some point create a tag team division. If they ever, like, full-blown tag team division where they would actually have these guys, like, have tag matches. How difficult is it to have one tag match, good tag match, a week? Put it on the Tuesday show, like, then maybe one week the Friday show or Sunday show, something, just because it would, like, change the 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 change the lineups a bit but um dragon rojo and polvora they looked good in the match as well but um the highlight of this was really blue panther was amazing in this match towards the end he did a tope suicida and then he did the craziest thing we've seen volador jr and we've seen a couple of other um cml technicals do this spot where they they you know they do a dive into the first row while blue panther decided he could he was going to give it a shot and he gave it a shot and he nearly, you know, fortunately his son was like near that, near that area. So he kind of not just got, I think it was Echicero that he, he was trying to aim for it, but he also got, um, um, Blue Panther Jr. So they were able to make sure that he didn't like die doing that dive. But, uh, man is insane. Um, he's still really good. I mean, and you know, I know Dave Meltzer constantly brings up how that is probably the biggest mistake that has been made was having him unmasked because he still at this age is a ama- an amazing worker and i think it i think you i think it's true i think if he wore a mask i think people would be, still see him as a as a as a main event guy not like right now where he's like basically in the third or fourth match uh and you know like i think that probably would have ex- extended his main event status i think he dro- when did he drop his mask like 2007 2008 somewhere around that time period he probably would have gotten at least another good four or five years. And I think he probably, I think Blue Panther would have dropped his mask at some point. Like it would have been, I'm pretty sure it would have been during that Atlantis run where they were getting all those great, that would have been another thing. Like that would have been cool. Like if he would have dropped it against Atlantis, but like, you know, six, seven, eight years later, I mean, that would have, that would have added another like big mass match instead of doing the, but you know, like I said, I think it, you know, you can't go back in time and, you know, change history. Uh, maybe if we could, we'd probably change that. But this was a great match. Um, the Father's Day show from um, June 17th had a, you know, the, it had the MicroStars, and it was probably the most disappointing MicroStars match uh, because it it didn't focus as much on Microman. It focused more on everyone else. And, you know, Micro, I think it was Micro Angel, I think is what they're calling him. Um, he's not very good, and he got a lot of the time in that. His um he's he struggles when he lands on, on doing um anything, and I think that kind of like it, it him being in it kind of like you know it wasn't as as good as it probably could have been. The women's torneo cibernético I thought was a lot better than. I think I think that's the thing. Like I think the real and like I said I talked about the tag match the 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 the, the, the idea of a tag division. I think the women because they're always on in those trios matches they don't get to show what they possibly could do the ones that are actually good and the ones that have potential as being good, they're in so many of those trios matches that they end up just falling in line with like the, and they end up looking as, as, as bad as some of the other women. Um, Reina Aces looked a lot more improved and I'm not saying she looked like she was like the next great star in women's wrestling or anything, or even like whatever. But she, if you remember what she looked like when she first started in, in, in CML, she couldn't even do the, her, her leg drop properly. 
Uh, I mean, let's be honest. She was horrible even at doing that. Now, I mean, she's worked on her physique. She actually looks like she's a wrestler. Like she's she looks in great shape, and she actually looks a lot better. I think the 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 the, the Japan tours have actually paid off on her for her mystique. I actually think she has a lot put a lot of potential, which is why I think she'll probably be gone by the end of the year. Just because you know, if if you're if you have any type of potential in CML, you're probably just gonna leave because they're not gonna do anything with you. Just like I said, constantly do the same trios matches. Because if you're watching like who gets the opportunities, it's always Dallas, Amapola, um, Marcella, and then it seems like Seductora and Estrellita are the next ones that get an opportunity. Suhei is the other one. It's not any of the younger women. It's, you don't really get like Zuxis was in that group, and you know even she wasn't getting that that same. And she she, she basically got it because she's pretty much in that group. But it's like these other women, like you never see. I don't want to watch it. Like I don't want to watch Dallas versus like Harochita, but it's something different. It's not like the same thing. And I don't think Dallas could lead Harochita in a match, but it's something different to what, and at least it shows that you're giving someone else an opportunity. Um, I think Mystique, like if you put Mystique versus like Amapola, I think it would be a good match. Um, or Mystique versus like Suhei, I think would be a good match. Um, certain certain matchups would do well. I think actually Mystique would probably do okay with Dallas, but you know, you'd probably, you know, that's the other thing. You'd probably need somebody like to to like kind of like come up with the, their match properly because i think that's also what kind of hurts them i don't know it just it just i just think they would have to do something completely different for that but the like i said the tornado supernetic look they the the um i thought i thought mystique and uh Rainier looked good in the match uh i think somebody else was oh maligna was in that match and she actually looked like she lost weight you know it's funny like julio cesar rivera kept bringing it up that she lost weight and i was like man you know Women don't want to hear you say that, but she, I thought it was the outfit at first, but you know, she did, it, it, it she looked noticeably different and, um, she does, she also doesn't look that bad either uh, in the ring. She didn't look that bad. And like I said, like certain, ma- certain opponents, you're going to look, you're going to look a lot better than you would like in a, in against other opponents. Like, I don't imagine if this match had like La Comandante in it for an extended amount of time, it probably would be a, a, a total wreck of a match. But like even that, like the the cibernetico, they, it ends up being like very predictable at the end with like who wins up. Like it ends up being Suhei beating Dallas, and you pretty much knew what was going to happen at the end. Um, Blue Panther wrestled Felino in a mat in the in the match Relampa. No, it was supposed that we all thought it was going to be a match Relampago, and it ended up being two out of three falls. It was kind of like it was it was funny because even Microman, um, you know how everybody with the rush. LA Park, they're doing the brawling in the crowd. Now it seems like everybody's doing it. Microman did it. Microman brawled in the crowd crowd with um, I think it was um Chamuel who he was brawling with in the crowd. And then they had um Felino and Blue Panther do it. And uh it was just this really strange match. Blue Panther Felino worked the first I think it was the first fall wearing their mask. And I think Felino then took it off in the second fall or something, and then like they finally I think Blue Panther finally took it off as well. But um, the commissioner, like the the the, the boxing Lucia commissioner, was trying to get them to like take them off, and they were trying to explain to him that they had already re- received permission to do it. So it kind of looked. I don't know if that was supposed to be part of the match or not, but it looked really awkward. Um, this this match was actually kind of weird, but it was kind of entertaining also, just because it was so different to what you would have expected from Felino and Blue Panther. 
Um, the main event was Mystico and Rush beating Sansona and Cuatrero. I thought it was a good match, but like I said, if you watch the Nakalpan match where it was uh, Rush and Dragon Lee versus um, Hijo Ali Park and Ali Park, you could tell that was what, what really got Rush going a little more. But this was also, like I said, different. It was a tag match, and it was good. Um, the one thing I didn't like was that they had um, Bestia the Ring and Cien Caras as seconds. I understood it was Father's Day and they wanted to add that, but Cien Caras screwed up the finish for the match where he was he was supposed to I think he was supposed to run in and do something, but he can't run anymore. So he kind of slowly walked in, and then he walked in at the wrong time as his as his own sons were pin, getting the pin. He run he walks in and he stomps on Mystico as um one of the sons is pinning him, and it just looked really weird. Um, I, it just made no sense, but the, the match itself was really good. Um, I thought it was good. Not as good as the, the match from Nakatan with those guys, but like I said, it's it's a different type of match. You know, overall, I think CML's had a couple, like, I know Soberano Jr. Russell Titan, I haven't watched that. I know it was different. Something else that happened on, in, in CML that I really, and speaking of Soberano, something interesting that happened, uh, I was kind of amused. This happened on Informa. Uh, they're, they're, the, the Copa Bobby Bonales, they, um, Bonales, they announced the, the three, um, award winners for this year. We're going to be, um, Amapola, Mascaño 2000, and Tony Salazar. Um, they're giving one to a trainer. I don't know if it's going to be just a trainer or someone who retired from the past just to like, had, I think, I don't know. I, I think they're kind of getting, going, going overboard with all this award stuff. Um, they honor them in Dos Leyendas, then they give them another war that they're going to hold a show to like honor them, another show. And so, but uh, one of the interesting things was they were having this conversation with Tony Salazar where he was talking about training and they were uh, talking about the requirements to train in, in, in Arena, Mexico. And he was talking about all that stuff because he's one of the head trainers there. And um, he was talking about how, how there's, um, he they get a lot of guys who train outside of, um, uh, of CMLL. They come there, they and they're not properly trained, or they have habits that are not what they're accustomed to, or or they or they in CML field are incorrect. So they have to re um you know pretty much what what you see with WWE where they have to um kind of have them like um they kind of have to reinvent reinvent their what they're doing in the ring and you know you know just take out all the ha- whatever they were doing elsewhere they you know, change them completely. So they make them into something completely different. But he was talking about, uh, about this stuff. And then he kind of pointed out to, um, so he used Sobrano Jr. as an example of somebody who does something uh, uh, slightly that they view as incorrect. And what he was saying that when, when Sobrano Jr. runs the ropes, when he hits the rope, you'll notice that he hits the rope the opposite direction. So then when he hits the rope, he turns to like the other um, direction. So it so so it looks very different. And it was funny because I always noticed, I think most of like if you watch a lot of his matches, you might have noticed it, but you don't really think much of it. Just you just thought, oh, it's something he does. It's just something he does. But Tony Salazar said that it was actually something that is incorrect. But he wasn't he wasn't putting him down or saying anything like that. He was just saying that it was something that was that no one would teach you to run to hit the ropes that way, but it's something that Sobrano Jr. did on his own. And he said, I don't know where he learned that, but that's how he, he, he that's how he learned, and that's what he does. He's like, in some places they would have you change that. And I, I guess I guess it was something minor enough where they didn't do it in CML where they just had him. I think 
honestly, I think it's something like if you're it, it, if you're comfortable with doing it in that manner, then you're going to stick to it. And I think it's work for Sobrano Jr. AAA news. Um, Vampiro might have retired again. We don't know. He claims he was hurt, you know. That was something that... That was, I think I might have brought it up in the last podcast, but you know, Vampiro, I think, I think, I think every other podcast, Vampiro has retired and then the following week he's back. So who knows? Triple A held a press conference to announce their, uh, their big show for July 21st, where they're going to work with elite, whatever's left of elite, because, um, the elite, the, the Lucha elite promotion, um, the owner Ernesto Santillan was at the press conference representing his promotion to talk about this um, show. It's going to be presented by world of Warcraft. Uh, one of the things they want to do is they want uh, fans to wear the colors of, uh, I don't know anything about world of Warcraft. I don't play video games. The only video game I play is MLB, the uh, one of the baseball games. And I'm not even good at that. Um, and, you know, I play one of those, you know, the apps that you get on, on your phone. I'm barely like good at that stuff, but as far as World of Warcraft, I have no idea what it is. All I know is they want like fans to to wear the colors of some um, the Horde and the Order, um, red and blue. So whatever color that the that represents AAA, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like ninety percent red and like ten percent, even less than ten percent. Um, blue who knows maybe there's going to be so many people that are that see that Ali park is going to be part of the blue team that maybe they'll wear that color uh but that's going to be interesting the entire lineup was interesting they basically have it's going to be triple a versus elite every match the opening match is going to be um vanilla vargas representing triple a she hasn't even made her triple a debut i don't even remember I, I, you know I, I think i don't think she's been on triple a she might have been but it's like She's not somebody I think of as far as the women's side. I would not think of her as a, as a triple A person. I mean, I would have gone with Lady Shawnee or, you know, I know Fabi Apache is in the match, but Lady Shawnee, you know, you know, there, I'm sure there's like, they have like, yeah, Fabi Apache, uh, <laughs> big mommy, you know, I don't know. It's just like, but, um, Fabi Apache and like, yeah, are teaming up and they are facing the elite team of Lady Maravilla, Keira and Zuxis. Zuxis is going to be representing Elite. She was immediately like after she left CML, everybody was con- her. A lot of her fans were telling her, "Oh, it's okay that you're leaving CML. Just don't go to AAA because that's the that's the worst." I disagree with that. If it benefits your career, you go wherever you please. She's an independent wrestler. She's free to do whatever she wants. She quickly, like, they, and as soon as this was announced, somebody posted that, and it was constantly, a lot of people were bringing it up, and she kept telling people, you know what, I'm part of, I'm representing Elite, I'm an independent wrestler, I'm not with AAA, I'm representing Elite, it's, that's, there's nothing more to that. She had to explain herself and all that stuff, and I thought that was kind of stupid. Uh, like I said, like, if you're an independent wrestler and you want to work AAA, that's fine. Just don't sign a contract with them because that's like that seems to be the curse. Um, don't do what Drastic Boy is doing and he's signing a, con- a three-year contract. I don't know why Drastic Boy is doing that. I mean, I'm guessing he's probably not in demand on the U.S. independent scene. So maybe he's young enough where he could suffer through three years of being under contract with AAA. Like I said, it's like work AAA, but just don't sign a contract because you're far better off being an independent, working, getting yourself an op, getting... Get working, getting your pay, the proper paperwork 
to work outside of Mexico and working in the U.S. and making a name out in the U.S., I think that's the direction you should do. You should go with. Uh, where the heck Starfire, man? That's who I wanted in this match. Starfire. Starfire is better than Lady Maravilla, by the way, and better than Vanilla, Vanilla Vargas and La Yedra. Actually, I don't really like Vanilla Vargas. I've seen very little of. Um, then the second match, <laughs> representing AAA, Maximo and La Mascara. Uh, it feels like the CMLL AAA representatives uh, facing the elite representatives of Los Traumas. I don't know. Maybe maybe the Los Traumas can pull off something good out of La Mascara and Maximo. Um, I still remember the time I interviewed Los Traumas and and told and and asked them if it was true that La Mascara only knows one wrestling hold. And they, I think I won them over that with that question because afterwards they constantly like would would greet Kurt and I, and uh, we just have long conversations about uh, what they were doing. Um, that was that that I don't know about that match. Could be good. Depends on what what uh, what what La Mascara we get for this match. The third match is going to be Aerostar and a Luchador Sorpresa versus Hijo de Alley Park and Taurus representing Elite. Um, I. Aerostar on Twitter suggested that Ar- Arhenes be his partner. And I, I agree. Um, Drago can't... T- I, I think Drago's injured right now, so he can't be in that. I, I think if Drago was available, he would have been announced for this. Because I think that... I think Drago would be a far greater uh, um, name than the Luchador Re- Suppressa that they could possibly bring in from AAA. Because I would assume it would be somebody from AAA. Um so I think Arhenis would be fine. Um, Tehano, but I don't think it's going to be, it's probably not going to be Arhenis. It's probably going to be somebody with a, a bigger uh, a bigger name. Um, the fourth match is Tejano Jr. and Rey Scorpion representing Triple A versus the elite representatives of Golden Magic and Loretto Kid. Um, I'm surprised Extreme Tiger isn't in this. He might be in the main event. Who knows if they can't fill out the the, the Luchador Suppressa slots. Or he might actually be in this because you have, you have some possibilities possibilities that Teddy Hart might not show up uh, which leads me to the fifth match which is Pagano and Joe Leader representing AAA versus the elite representatives of Jack Evans and Teddy Hart I don't think Jack Evans wrestled elite <laughs> he he might have he might have towards the end but I don't think he might have done the those um shows where I think he might have done the show where guards that were um guys weren't paid and Garza Jr. um was was very upset over that Teddy Hart, as we know, who could forget his memorable run in um, Elite where he wrestled Reyes Scorpion and also buried Diamante Azul for being a shit wrestler, uh, which was actually a highlight. And um, also his his Elite run in AAA where he wore the 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 the, the low-budget Elite t-shirt, you know, the iron-on the iron on t-shirt. Um, so uh, Pagano and Joe Leader, really, this is like, this doesn't interest me at all. That match doesn't interest me. The sixth match is Dr. Wagner Jr., Psycho Clown, and Hijo Fantasma representing AAA against LA Park. The elite representatives, LA Park, Electroshock, and a Luchador Sorpresa. Um, I'm kind of hoping it's Cibernetico just because um, I actually, uh, I kind of hope Cibernetico gets asked if he's going to be the Luchador Sorpresa. A lot of people said it's probably going to be Cibernetico. It could be Extreme Tiger. I don't know who else they could bring in. It could be Bobby Lashley. No, just kidding. It can't be Bobby Lashley. It could be Michael Al- Algin or Algin or whatever the fuck his name is. It probably it won't be him. Uh, I'm trying to think of other guys that that could, it could be um, that are available. Um, Hijo the Doctor Wagner. It could be Hijo the Doctor Wagner Jr. Remember, he's he was an elite. 
could be Zumbi. It could be um, Dr. Car- Caronte Jr. It could be Argos. Or it could be Caristico. I actually would not be shocked if it was Caristico. Assuming this whole like letting guy, independent guys, unless unless Caristico's gone full blown, um, you know, part of um, CMLL, you know, could be anyone. Uh, but that lineup looks interesting. Uh, looks interesting. I'm not sure if it's going to be that great just because there's a couple matches that I, you know, the, the fifth match doesn't interest me. And that second match doesn't really interest me. But the rest of the card kind of looks, it does look interesting. I, I like I like the women's match. Third match could be good. Fourth match could be good. And the sixth match could be crazy just because we don't know who the Luchador Surpresa is going to be. Um, you know, I don't know how great it's going to be because it has Electroshock in it. AAA also announced their July 29th show. It's the Twitch Live. It'll be airing. All these shows on, on AAA will be airing on Twitch Live. Also taped for television. But this show is also very interesting. This was announced, I think, a week prior to them doing the press conference for the war uh, for the AAA vs. Elite show. Um, the opener is going to be Vanilla Vargas. They just call her as Vanilla. Astrolux and Lady Maravilla versus Starfire, Latigo, and Keira. I think this match is probably going to be great. Hopefully, Starfire does not get killed in this match. Like she almost did in that pre- in that one match from a couple of weeks um, weeks ago, um, the second match this should be really great. It's going to be Poder del Norte versus Flamita, Bandido, and Aramis, and that is going to be awesome. I think that's going to be a it could be a match of the year candidate. I mean, this might be this is kind of like them like AAA taking the the opening match that we were getting that was really great on previous shows and saying hey let's put it in the second match. The third match, um, I think it's just more of Lady Shawnee versus Fabi Apache buildup because um, it's Pimpinella, Mamba, and Lady Shawnee versus Fabi Apache, Parker Negra, and Australian Suicide. The fourth match is going to be La Mascara, Maximo, Sammy Guevara versus Jack Evans, Teddy Hart, and a Luchador Sorpresa. I don't know why they put Sammy Guevara on the AAA team. I do know it's interesting because it's Sammy versus Jack. Should be interesting to who I'm guessing the the Luchador Surprise is probably going to be an elite member. This is probably just more a build up towards the elite. Obviously, Sammy's going to be a, a AAA guy. Fifth match is go, is going to be Los OGTs versus Taurus, Juventud Guerrera, and Hijos Fantasma. That could be good. Um, I don't know. It could also be a, a mess depending on the on Hovi's um side of things. Um, I think it should be fine. Um, the sixth match is going to be Psycho Clown, Pagano, Dr. Wagner Jr. versus Killer Cross, Tejano Jr., and Ray Scorpion. So I guess they're continuing on the Tejano Jr., Ray Scorpion kind of being, um, you know, involved with the elite. You know, that's the other thing. Ray Scorpion could also be part of the elite main event on on the 721 show because um, he was, he's probably the biggest elite name <laughs> one of the when they first started this stuff he kind of seemed like the most realistic elite guy that they could get um, so that's the 729 show for AAA really not a lot as far as matches go there's nothing going on with AAA just them announcing lineups and press conferences and you know Dorian doing the whole um, you know trying to like being be sarcastic over the whole um, LA Park situation in Lucha Libre, we did suffer a lot of losses during the month of June. Jungla Negra passed away on Tuesday, June 5th at the age of 73. Um, he was 
primarily a luchador out of Monterey. I think most people would probably remember him more from being in that April 27th, 1986 car crash that took the life of Angel Blanco and left Dr. Wagner Jr. Sr. paralyzed. You know, um, Solar and Mano Negra were also in that car accident. We, uh, we've had Solar and Mano Negra talk about that, um, talk about um, the car accident, how it really left them for about a year where they said that they had a hard time like just getting over it. Uh, I think Solar said that he had to see a psychiatrist or just to like, you know, get over it for like a month. And it took a couple, he said it took a couple of months for him to get over it. But and but he also said that he very like he stayed in touch with Hungla Negra. They became close from that point forward. He was his son started wrestling like in the nineties, so he he was still within among you know around the wrestling business. I know um, he Roberto Figueroa talked about how he had just seen him a couple years ago at shows and stuff like that. Uh, then we also had the we had on that same day we also had the passing of Martin Amaro Torres, who was the IWL promoter. Um, that promotion existed from about 2010 to through, through 2013. It actually continued on and off afterwards. But um, he, if you if if you're not familiar with the IWL promotion, that really was the that was a promotion that was crazy because they would like release lineups, and at that time Chris Downer was doing the Lucha reports, and I think around that time I was doing um, I was doing write ups for like like. Um, like results or stuff. Well, actually, when I had to like, if Chris wouldn't catch the the the, the results, I would I would actually add it to the the Lucha report. But then, um, Cubs fan was also doing a, he was he when he would do um his post, we would constantly like talk about how how much we hated those lineups because they always had like between forty to sixty wrestlers, and it just took forever to write them. And you know, then you would get the result, and we could not figure out what what the results were. Uh, the way they were written by the guys because people could not figure it out. Same thing happened with DTU. At one point, DTU was like that also. But they would do that. Then, like, afterwards, they kind of started cutting it down a little bit. And they would have, like, they became known for having, like, um, giving opportunities for to certain guys. I mean, that's really where Daga kind of kind of got it, gained his reputation because he got to work with Davey Richards um, and a couple of other guys. He had this really great match with uh, Mike, el Se- Se- Mike Segura, el, Se- el Suicida. Really great match. I, I man, I don't know if anybody was able to record that match. I don't know if that company still has it. It, it aired on Go Fight Live, but they were doing eye pay per views at that point, and I remember that match was really great. And they also had a lot of um, they had these like I think that's where they also had the they had the crazy like trio fantasia matches with um with the Cerebro Negro and all those guys um their their team. I think it was ATM or some shit like that that they were called, but yeah, those that was like that was a really entertaining promotion. I think they also brought in Sabu a few times, Masada guys like that. Um, he passed away, and then we had like man, then we started getting like a lot like what was it on June thirteenth, Wednesday, June thirteenth? Um, we got the news that um, Arcangel de, de la Muerte passed away from a heart attack at the age of fifty one. Um, that was like. You know, he was booked to work the Tuesday show and he didn't he didn't wrestle that show and he was replaced by Hijo del Signo. They didn't CML didn't say anything at the time, but on CML Informa, that week's CML Informa, Julio Cesar Rivera talked about he talked about how when they found out that 
CML found out about um, Arcángel passing de la Muerte passing away, he uh, he basically said that the on Tuesday night, right before the show, Arcángel called the CML offices and told them that he wasn't going to be able to wrestle because he wasn't feeling well. So, you know, they didn't really think much of it. You know, it happens often that, you know, guys get sick or they can't make a show, so they call in and let the, the promotion know. And they always have a, somebody available, like, to wrestle. So, um, to fill in, substitute whoever can't make it. So then the next day they got the news that um, his wife found him, that uh, found found him, you know, unconscious and he had died of a heart attack on, I guess, I guess it was early, early, very early Wednesday, but she found him earlier. And I think they, 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 CML said they found out like at 9.30, 10, 10-ish Mexican time. So yeah, he, he was a long time CML luchador. Going back to 1989, he previously wrestled as El Cid in Nocalpan. And he, I think he might have wrestled as, as El Cid also briefly in CML, just like, you know, just because what CML basically does when they or EML, what they basically do is they bring in a guy and they let the guy work under his name, and if they like what he what they see, they'll like you know have him work a couple like the like in the past they used to have him like on the like shows that you know like the Arena Coliseo show or Guadalajara or someplace, and you know if they like him they you know they bring him back and while well, they they start planning out what name they want to give him and stuff like that so. You know, that's pretty much because they, you know, a lot of these guys train. If they're going to get an opportunity in CML, they start training or they want that opportunity. They'll start training in in Mexico, in in Arena, Mexico or in a Coliseo. And so he started as as Arcángel de la Muerte and stayed like that in in CML throughout his career. Um, He never really was like a big star, but he was he was a really good welterweight. And. I would say by the mid '90s, he was already one of the better welterweights in EMLL, and then he was he held I think he held the CML welterweight title, the national one also, but um, he at at some point when when he would go he was more of the guy who would get sent to go to work outside of Mexico. He started working a lot more in Japan, and I think he, he struck up a friendship with Nasawa and Mr. Kakao and a lot of the guys from Japan. Ultimo Dragon, I think, also was was close with him because they they would constantly. He was one of the guys who they constantly brought in, and um, he would work. You know, CML Japan. Um, he worked DDT. He worked Michinoku Pro. He worked all these other promotions, and um, you know, I think him doing that it kind of like it kind of that became like the focus of his career more than anything else um and actually like the biggest match he had for him like he i i found an interview of his and he was talking about probably one of his biggest matches was actually the the all japan show where he worked um it was the stan hansen for well show in uh i think it was early 2001 i think it was the january i think it was january 28th 2001 um i could be off on my timeline but um, he teamed up with um, Blue Panther against Hijo del Santo and and Mil Mascaras, and this was a really good match because you had Hijo del Santo and Blue Panther, who at that time were like really on fire, really having these really great matches. You know, not just in in in, in CML, but in in um, on the independence in Monterrey. You know, they just had throughout the territories, Mexican territories at that time. 
uh, just great matches. And then you basically had Mil Mascaras, who was like the big star the, to so many of the, the fans growing up in Japan. He was the big star. So Arcángel got to work with him. And Arcángel really said that was like one of the biggest crowds he's ever worked in in front of. So he kind of became more of that. And then like I think in Mexico, he kind of became more of like the trainer. And then he kind of became the guy that the younger guys would have to go through to like move up a spot and stuff like that. So he kind of lost, they, they didn't focus on him as much in CMLL. So he basically was always like in the second, third, fourth match of the, on the card. Um, they really kind of, the, the one time, like then like in around 2000, 2008, he kind of got the, you know, the, 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 the Rebeldes Tuareg, which was like this really makeshift group. It was originally going to be like the, like a, you know, years prior they had a, a um, Los Talibanes with Shocker. I think it was, um, I don't think it was a Shocker. It was, uh, I know it's Scorpio Jr., Emilio Charles, and um, Bestia Salvaje. I don't remember. I don't remember. I think they, yeah, I think it was that because Shocker actually didn't go with them because he kind of like split up, split off from those guys. But um, it was kind of supposed to be kind of like that. But they kind of like took that, they took away the the whole, like the, you know, the whole Middle Eastern stuff away from it. So they kind of just kept, were the Touareg. And you kind of saw that. Like you kind of saw the like the final remnants of that group with Reina Isis when she would accompany Arcanhead. But by that point, it was pretty much done because, you know, Scandalo and Nitro were dealing with injuries or with other commitments. Like Nitro was pretty much doing a lot of the, you know, of the union work for the for the luchadors and CMLL. So he was, although he was there, but, you know, they weren't really doing like they weren't kind of as pushed as that group. Um, but they actually like that group also had a lot of guys who left like Dr. X left to go to Perros del Mal. And then unfortunately, he um he died in that tragic, um, he got shot at a party uh, trying to stop a fight, which was one of those uh, unfortunate losses in, in Lucha Libre. Cause, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's sad because a lot of people like still bring him up. And it's, you know, it's one of those, those, one of those sad stories in, in Lucha Libre. And Arcángel talked about how that, that kind of was a crushing loss for him. So it wasn't like this he wasn't really that fo- he wasn't a big focus and then around the time that the Tuareg was going on he was already like part of the 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 you know the training in Arena Mexico um, so a lot of, you pretty much all the guys you see in it, the young guys that you see in CML they had to go through Arcanhead like if you hear the way the 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 CML guys talk about the how the training works um, you would have guys who would train with Virus and then like some other women work will train with Shocker and then they'll train with Ultimo Guerrero um Arcángel was in that group. Tony Salazar is another one. Ultimo Dragoncito basically replaced Arcángel. Was he was already starting to be part of the the training, but he kind of the the uh, among the list of tr- maestros or trainers. But now it's basically um, he kind of like has taken that spot that now that Arcángel's you know left that void. But really, Virus is like the one who constantly gets mentioned right now. Ultimo Guerrero also, uh, but Arcángel was in that, and then like. Really, I mean, I think I think the last couple of years, like the last, I would say four or five years, he hasn't really been as good. He wasn't as good as he was when you. And then you find, you know, he's he was a lot older, so you know, this isn't not every wrestler is going to be age like Negro Negro Casas or or Blue Panther. There, some of them are are going to like not be as good as they were when they were thirty five or thirty six, you know, at age fifty fifty one. Um, but yeah, you know, he, it, he was around there for so long. And one of the things that all the wrestlers talked about when they were talking about his loss, 
They talked about what a great person he was, not just a great trainer, but a. And I, I'm. They had George, um, George Cabrada talk about. It. He said, he said he was a good trainer, but a better person. And I mean, everybody talked about him in that way. Um, then, like um, this pat on Friday, um, we had El Egipcio passed away from respiratory failure. He was somebody that was a big star, like a big CML star in the EMLL star in the eighties, um, as one of the top Rudo heavyweights. He had this really cool mask that uh, basically an Egyptian mask. Uh, his name it comes from the the movie The Egyptian. He uh, I found this I, I found this really great story. Uh, 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 not just a story, but the interview. He did an interview where he was talking about his career and stuff like that. And he was talking about how he came up with the name and how he came up with the name. I wrote the article on, uh, it's on Lucha World. You could find it. Um, I recommend people read it because I thought, I thought, I actually thought it was really interesting stuff that I found on about El Egipcio. But he had to decide between two names be, because the, the name was too long. And the, the Boxy Lucha commissioner of that, at that time, Rafael Barradas, who was Estrellita's grandfather, told him that he had to like come up with one name. He could either be the, I think it was Sinuhe or El Egipcio. And he chose El Egipcio because he, he figured a lot of people wouldn't know what the other thing is, what the other name represented. So he went with El Egipcio. I think he made the right wise de- decision. Uh, and he had a successful career. He lasted 17 years. He was basically an EMLL mainstay throughout his career. Lost his mask in, uh, in on December 9th, 1983 to Rayo de Jalisco Jr., that's actually on my YouTube channel, R R and R Wrestling. It's on there. Um, you could find it. It's it's it. And you know, you he sees his ma- he drops his mask. And one of the things he talked about was um, a lot of people said that when he dropped his mask, they noticed his like his features because he's 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 a darker skin, and um, his, the way he looked, he looked Egyptian. So they kind of thought it worked for him, and he. He continued on. He was one of the top Rudos. Um, they had a he had a really good run with um, Feudy. They did a in the mid '80s. They had this really um, because the Infernales were breaking apart at that point. They uh, or you know the Infernales were always having like this makeshift group, but they they basically created the Infernales versus Rudo, other Rudos feud. So you basically had not only the were the Infernales at some points breaking up, breaking up, but you also had a had a had that mix where they had like La Fiera, Sangre Chicana, uh, Mocho Cota, Cien Caras. Um, they would also feud. They would also feud against the Infernales. El Egipcio was in that group, um, so that was actually something interesting. Um, he wrestled into the early nineties, and I think ninety two, ninety three. He he um, he suffered a back injury during a match. He continued to wrestle, but at that point he knew he couldn't he couldn't go on, and um, he he basically retired. And from there, he started a career as a cattle rancher, and he became a pretty successful. He pretty he became successful at that, and he was talking about how he actually his family actually raised cattle. That was what they were their business was it in. So he pretty much knew that business. Um, he actually retired pretty young. Um, I think in his mid thirties. So he was talking about how people would constantly ask him why he, why if he would ever consider coming back, and he said he just couldn't do it. But yeah, he was another guy who I, I thought was really interesting to to like find out more information about. And it's unfortunate that that you know a lot of stuff we find out is when after they pass away. Big losses to Lucha Libre, and you know, 
it's always unfortunate when this stuff this stuff happens but it's you know that's 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 a that's life really um other news lucha underground season four started <laughs> i like how i'm going from uh from you know that's that stuff to lucha underground but you know i i haven't really been feeling lucha underground lately this season um the first episode with astic warfare i didn't think it was good at all honestly i think i i also think that those skits that they do i think they're starting to wear out like wear people down where just they're just so kind of over the top i don't know it just doesn't it just i just find them kind of like i don't find them interesting anymore it's like it, it wasn't a, i think i think when you watch that stuff and then you watch what see that finish to the alley park rush match that's what we want we want and we want those pr- interviews that they do like when rush and alley park are like threatening each other and you you could feel it you know going through your monitor or your television that's kind of what we want and i don't know if we want the skits because i know a lot of people like they like i know a lot of people that they kind of con- like every every season they kind of gave up on, on lucha underground and i'm just not feeling this season they've actually had some pretty good stuff like the last two weeks have been they've had some good stuff um i didn't really like the the three-way with sammy callahan uh uh, Phoenix and uh, Mil Muertes. I don't like. I thought it was okay. Like I didn't. I didn't. If you you could tell me it was good, but it's like I just didn't feel it. Like I thought the finish of it was really solid with um, King Phoenix and Mil Muertes, but like the stuff, I don't know. It just kind of like, I don't know. Just, there's just something missing in 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 Lucha Underground that, you know what it is. Also, like I don't know if you guys who have been watching it the crowd doesn't sound like they did in the in the other in the at at the other temple i don't know if it's that temple or if it, maybe the crowd just isn't as i don't know what happened to the crowd they don't they don't come across like they were in the previous in the other temple it just doesn't come across as the, the same as the as that i don't know maybe it'll maybe it'll change my opinion will change as the season goes on um i thought exolicious looked I thought that 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 his debut. I thought he would look pretty good against um, Jack Evans, but you know. Also, the other thing is like the the, the show doesn't feel that um, lucha libre. Like it, it seems to be missing the lucha aspect of it. Like every, I think I think we know it's not lucha libre, but it's like it's also missing some of those aspects to it. I don't know. It just it just doesn't feel that good. I hope everybody listening to this celebrated June nineteenth as Rey Mysterio Day. It was it was um it was Ray Mysterio Day in San Diego, but I feel all of us should have celebrated it. The other news, Conan is making his return to the ring on MLW's July nineteenth show as part of that battle riot match, um, which is kind of I I guess it's gonna be kind of their version of Aztec Warfare or the Royal Rumble. I don't know how much they're how much different it's gonna be for them. Um, Conan on, on his podcast. The only reason I know this is because the Cubs fan listen to the podcast uh he mentioned that he was hoping that he wouldn't have to be in the show that match for too long um i don't know because i i think i might have seen conan's last match i think it was that san diego show that that kurt and i went to and he did very little i can't imagine them doing more in the match um i hope he doesn't because i don't think he should be in the wrestling ring he's i mean he needs to realize that at some point certain age you just can't do it Certain age and through after all those injuries, health issues and stuff like that, you just gotta like you just gotta move on and let somebody else do it, you know. And you know, but you know, an appearance here and there, I think, if it's done in a way where he's not gonna have to do too much, I think it's fine. Um, the other big news, 
PWG announced the participants for Battle of Los Angeles, and four of them are. I think it, I think it's four of them. Might be. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm missing somebody. If I'm wrong, let me know because I only I only I only read these four, and I was so excited that I forgot about everybody else. But it's gonna feature Ray Horace, Flamita, El Bandido, and making his PWG debut, Puma King. I should include like the him streaming right now, but I don't want to waste. I don't want to like spend more time editing this more than I already would probably be doing it. But this is really great. This is really the the big chance for Puma King. I mean, I think it's great. This guy deserves it. Getting that exposure to be on a big show on a on a big um, you know, this is a big indie deal for him. This could lead for other to other opportunities. He's already he did the Arrow Lucha show also. I think it's great. I think more of the CML undercard guys should really look into doing this sort of thing. Um, I don't know if it means, I don't know if it means like they should leave or anything. I'm not saying that, but you know, the fact that Dragon Lee's getting to work some really high profile indie shows in the United States and also work New Japan and Ring of Honor. I think a lot of guys, and you know, speaking of Ring of Honor, how the fuck do you guys not have, bar, have not had Barbara Carvernario on your shows? I mean, come on guys, get, get, get work, get to work on that. I mean, I was blown away by that when Barbara Carvernario said that his dream was to work for Ring, uh, Russell and Ring of Honor. And and that's when I realized he hadn't been on there. I mean, that's something that they really need to work on. Uh, but getting back to Puma King, I think this is a great opportunity for him. Uh, really excited to see what what that what what matchups they come up with for him. I think the I think the PJBG crowd is gonna love him. I don't know, you know, it's funny because Puma King has wrestled in LA a lot. He's wrestled in the Lucha Vavum. He's wrestled on, on on Lucha shows here. Not I'm not saying a lot, but within the last couple of years, he's been here more often. Um, you know, like two times, two three times a year, stuff like that. He wrestles in San Diego also. San Diego also. So um, so I don't know. Like I don't like because it's funny because being in LA, you would think like oh. You know, Lucha fans know about PWG and PWG knows about the Lucha shows. You know, a lot of them don't. Like, a lot of people don't know. Like, you know, Lucha Underground, the same. You don't see, like, a lot of the people that you see, like, in Lucha Underground or in PW shows, you don't really see at a Lucha show, like a local Lucha show. You might not see them, so they might not be as familiar with these guys as you think they would be. And at the same time, the Lucha get people might not be as familiar with um, PWG. You know, um, Volador Jr. was here um, that weekend that he wrestled I think he was wrestling Johnny Mundo and Mephisto. And that same weekend, I think they had a PWG event. It might have been the Battle of Los Angeles that weekend also. And I think Volador Jr. was asking me about some um, shows. And I told him, you know, um, so-and-so is at, um, is at the Lucha Underground, uh, at the PWG show. Because show. we brought up... Um, Dr. Wagner Jr. was on a, on another indie show. Um, I think he was working a FMLL show or something in uh, in Los Angeles also that weekend. And I told him, you know, and, and he, he he knew about that. And I said, yeah, and um, so-and-so is at the PWG show. And he's like, oh, really? What's that? And I was like, really? You don't know what, you know, you don't know what PWG is. But then, you know, once you, real, once you get to know Volador Jr., you kind of realize he's not somebody who's really, like, once you get to know Volador Jr. and you see, like, his wife, you kind of know he's not, he's not, he's not, like, He's, he's kind of busy doing his own thing. And a lot of wrestlers are like that anyways. Um, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing for um, 
for Puma King. Um, I think they're. I think the crowd's gonna get be very into his his, um, his act. His work is really good. He's a really good um, Rudo. Uh, so I think that's gonna be something that they're gonna be into. They're really gonna enjoy. I think they're. I think. I think they're gonna rave about him after that. Yeah, so that's pretty much it right now as far as what's going on with Lucha Libre. Um, a lot of excitement. Like I said, the Rush Alley Park feud is really exciting. So much more to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be so much more to talk about in the coming weeks. Uh, we're barely in June. By July, we're probably going to have so much more with the AAA shows. Um, I kind of wish AAA would have like like moved around these shows where it's not all grouped together within a, a a time frame. It kind of wish they had a couple of different, like at least I think AAA really needs to do like at least every two weeks, a show every two weeks, just to keep it like, like something a little like to just to for us to talk about. Um, but like I said, there's so much to talk about. I'm um, going to be interesting to, to see where, what's going to happen with Alley Park and Rush. Uh, who else is going to debut in CMLL as far as the independent talent goes? What's going to happen with some of these other CML guys working outside of cml like there's already like a bunch of lineups i was telling people like we're gonna get an iwg like we're gonna get um and messias versus i think penta Cero m on their upcoming show we're getting like a, all, a, a lot of really fun math shows just like the crashes shows are really interesting i wish there was like i wish the crash would have done something with their like where they would post vit matches i mean i don't know what they're waiting for with tv and stuff like that you know, you gotta you gotta build that stuff up, and I think you have such an easy way to do it with um, YouTube and stuff like that. I don't know, you know, that's just me. I mean, I don't understand what these promotions are doing, but um, yeah, a lot of great stuff going on. Like I said, fun fun time to be a Lucha Libre fan, and I should say, be sure to visit luchaworld.com. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com/luchaworld. And I want to thank everyone again for listening.